We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. Kind of having a uh, community meeting on what uh, could have and should have been done better in the blizzard of 22. I've offered some suggestions. You guys have offered some suggestions, uh, and I find them intriguing. But, again, I don't have all the answers, and the beautiful thing is you guys do. So if somebody calls in with an idea that you think is really good because you know about that particular specialty, like farm equipment, Uh, By all means, you can call in and second the nomination as something to do. Uh, If somebody has an idea that isn't so good, um, and I'm not trying to single this out uh, as an example of something that isn't good, but military-grade HVs, are are they all they're cracked up to be, Humvees? Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And I just think the worst thing to do is to invest any money at all in a redundant emergency coordinator. What are they going to do? 365 days of the year, they're going to be used four days, maybe, um, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money, not worth the health care expenses, not worth any pension. It's not worth it. Buying snowmobiles, bad idea. There's snowmobiles out there that belong to people who are members of snowmobile clubs. And you're not going to – why would you buy maybe uh, 50 snowmobiles and keep them in a garage somewhere? First of all, who has the space to store 50 snowmobiles? Then you're going to have to maintain 50 snowmobiles Uh, that might be 15, 20 years old by the time you need them. I just don't see that being a good idea. Uh, You press private people into service. That's the way I see it. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And I I like the idea of snowcats, in particular the ones that can carry a bunch of people with the heated cab. Uh, That's rather appealing to me. But Again, you have to accept the fact that we could spend millions of dollars on snowcats and not use them a single time by the end of their life cycle. Military does it all the time. Thank God. Think of all the weapon systems that have been developed since World War II that we have never had to use. And thank God we haven't had to use them. But somebody once said it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, Let's go to Paul in Snyder on WBEN. Paul, you are on. Hello. Hello, Tom. I um, I just uh, I just think that uh, well, for, first of all, the thing that kind of got me to call was uh, uh, you could have a weather czar for every snowflake that fell, and I don't think that's going to help. No, it would not, especially because we already have chief executives. Yeah, exactly. What what, what and the other side of that is I don't know how many times. 
I heard Andy Parker uh, two, three days in advance warning of this being a unique storm in, uh, with uh, there was something that happened called a flash freeze. And then we just got the lake effect mixed with the high winds causing the blizzard conditions. Underneath that snow, which you know is very difficult to get through, uh, just on its own, but you had ice. And uh, I salted the heck out of my driveway, and it didn't matter. And uh, another thing, too, is, um, and I'm, I'm sorry for anybody that lost anyone, truly. I do know of a person that uh, made a bad decision on Christmas Eve, went out, got stuck, and died. And uh, it was one of the fatalities. And um, and I'm very sorry for anyone that lost their life. But, you know, we had the advanced warnings uh and and there's just a certain amount of common sense. Now, a common sense thing for people that lost heat in their homes, uh, there, there just should be some kind of a backup system, especially if for people in public housing or that are poor and can't. I mean, the money that we spend on other things that could be used for something like that is just that would make a lot more sense. Well, even candles and matches uh, would have been helpful for some people. You know, one of the things, um, one of the things, Paul, that I think would be helpful to to finding out why the death toll was about fifty souls, I, I would, at the appropriate time, contact the families of the people who died because they were outside and say, did they not know that the storm was bad? What could we have done that would have, that would have kept your loved one in the house? Why did they go out? Um, it, some might say that's insensitive, but I think it is uh, looking to the future because you want to get your messaging straight. Because people died. In, in, I mean, just think about this. The most information-saturated age in human history, information with a flick of a finger, and people died more in this storm than they did in 1977. Well, do you think the fact that there's a lot more SUVs out there these days than there was in 1977, that people might have thought that they could, you know, get through the stuff that's out there? I think that, uh, yes, I do. I do believe that that might have played a role. And uh, uh, people got overconfident with their vehicles. That may very well have been a case. Yep. Well, that's about all I got. And, I, and I'm enjoying this show. And thank you for being there. All right. Well, thank thank you uh, very much. I appreciate uh, all the input because you guys are thinking about things I never would think of. Here's Amy in. I mean, you want to see you want to see a blank look on my face? Ask me about farming equipment. I'll just like look at you with cow eyes. Here is uh, Amy in Chittawaga. You're on WBEN. Hello. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. And I totally agree with you. We do not need to waste any more of our money on anything else. Uh, unless, of course, they want to all, like, a third of them bow out and uh, give up the job so we can make the money for it, you know, then I'm all for it. <laughs> but what I, I'd like to say is, do we all forget that it was actually Christmas and where we normally um, get ahead of the storm when we know something like that's coming and we go out there and we take precautions ahead of time and get south out on the road and whatever else they do so that when it does hit so badly that it's a lot more maintainable. Let's not forget it was Christmas. And would they want to pay those people double, triple time, whatever it would have been, to get those people out there on the road like the bells and stuff? 
Well, you know, as far as uh, maybe not being as prepared as we should have been, I would like to slightly disagree with you because when I was driving into work, I drove past the on-ramp of uh, the 290 at Millersport, and they had a fire crew out there lowering the gates to keep people off of mm-hmm. the 290. And I, I made reference to that um, when I did the show on Friday when everything started. Um, I don't know how you could have gotten ahead of this storm because one of the biggest issues was that sideways snow and and the visibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, the yeah, only way... Yeah, I was thinking more like plows. I, that, I was thinking more like the plows and the saltine trucks and things like that. I wasn't thinking about the people who, who went down and lowered the gate or anything like that. I was thinking more like that. Are the salting, you know, the, the pre-salting wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, there was so much snow, the salt would never keep up with it. And I forget what the low temperature was during the blizzard, but salt fails to work after a certain temperature level. Yeah, we're like one of the only places that still use salt, I think, right? Well, I'm not sure who uses salt and who doesn't. I know the body shops love it. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I like uh, I like the idea with the farm equipment, though, and the farmers, they, they could use the money, I'm sure. Well, yeah, but my my question would be, in, instead of having farmers come 30 or 40 miles to help people, why not, if the farm equipment is what we need and trained operators, why not just get the farm equipment and put that in the city garage? Because that would make too much sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, we're, we're trying to make sense. We're trying to make sense out of this whole thing because it does not we make do. sense. Yeah, but they don't. <laughs> but we lost twice as many people in the blizzard of 22 as we did in 1977. I don't know why. I've offered some theories. And you know what uh, What somebody said about more people with all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive vehicles, yeah, maybe being overconfident might have had something to do with it. I think you, you would need yeah. to do an analysis of the people who died in their cars. What were they driving? Were they four-by-fours? Yeah. I mean, what? What kind of cars were they driving? Why Why did they think that they could get through the snow that was impenetrable? Yeah, well, I think, uh, again, going back to, like, back in 77, I was alive for that. I was little, but I was alive for that. We did used to prepare better in our cars for winter, but I think we were laxed in the last how many years because we only had a couple really bad doozy storms. You know, where years ago we used to keep a kit in a car with like, you know, you know, flashlights and candles or matches or blankets. And how many people really do that anymore? They don't. You know, well, one of the problems with flashlights is they require batteries and people forget well, you got to. You the ones that you could squeeze. You got the ones you could squeeze or shake that, you know, the, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're dim, but they work, you know. It, yeah. They work. Yeah, but I mean, like every time I want to use the flashlight in my car, the batteries are dead. So I stopped carrying a flashlight in my car. What's the point? Uh, but anyway. Well, it's not one of those that you squeeze. You squeeze and it doesn't need batteries. You you, know, you, know, you crank it back and forth a couple times and it, it lights up. Yeah. It's not as bright as a regular flashlight, but it works. Like the shake weight? I have blankets and stuff and water or something like that. Like an emergency kit. Yeah, no, look, people, you know, Sandy Beach, you know, for many, many years talked about Pop-Tarts, having Pop-Tarts in his car. Might sound stupid, but I bet it wouldn't have been stupid to the people stranded in the snow. Yep, and how many of them probably even had bottled water in their car? Probably not a lot. No, and if they did did have it in their car, it would have frozen solid anyway. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good point. Good point. I mean, if the car didn't have heat in it, I mean, you know, there's I think there's so many things we can learn from 2022. But here's here's the problem. You know, the last storm of this ferocity was in 1977. That was the last storm that was so bad um, was 1977. And 
I, I again, I don't mean to repeat myself, but how we lose more people in an era of increased connectivity is beyond me. And I think one of the most yeah. tragic, one of the most tragic interviews I did was with one of the police officials who said the 911 system cannot handle the calls. It simply yeah. cannot handle the calls. Yes, well, that's that's a shame in itself, right there. Um, we should have uh, politicians like we used to get the six pack and stay home. Maybe they would have listened. <laughs> well, uh, no, nah, because people still went out and drove despite Jimmy Griffin's advice. And I know that the police enforced that because I got pulled over during one of the driving bans. But I was I was uh, essential personnel, so I was legitimately on the roads. I thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, you know, it's just it's it's always funny getting pulled over and knowing that, haha, I'm essential. Um, that's it, kind of weird. All right, it is uh, 4:20 at News Radio 9:30 WBen. Man, it was a long time ago. Is it uh, Gate Circle? <laughs> State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort will join us for an hour after the news at 4:30 to answer your questions about this war on natural gas. Here's Michelle in Lancaster on WBen. Hello. Good afternoon, Tom. Interesting, yeah. interesting session today. I think so. Thank you. I, I thought the same. I am old enough to have been kind of grown up in the blizzard of 77. Two big differences with this storm and that storm. Blizzard of 77, Lake Erie was completely frozen with about four feet of fluffy snow on top of it. We had frigid temperatures because walking across Buff State campus, I had that big, long wool coat on. We were warned that the temperatures were dropping and the wind happened. Storm came through. It was snowing. But the big thing was it moved all the snow that was on the lake. One of the biggest problems in 77 was the drifts that occurred all over. That is quite correct. So the big difference with this storm, Lake Erie, She's still not frozen over. Um, haven't checked in a couple of days, but she's been sitting well above freezing for quite a while. We had a warm lake, cold winds coming right across. You know, Andy was telling us it's coming through. That temperature dropped, and it picked up the snow. That was heavy, wet, cause a heart attack if you're shoveling snow. Yep. Two big differences. Another difference, the vehicle. Come on, Tom. Back in the day, 77, we had to get out to change the lugs, lock them in to have four-wheel drive. They were high trucks. They weren't the cute little adorable four-wheel drive SUVs that everybody's driving around nowadays and says, oh, I can drive through anything. No, no my friend, you can't. Well, I believe you're talking about the old Ford Broncos. Aren't they the ones where you had to get out and... Yeah, I think that was a selling point with the Chevy Blazer versus the Ford Bronco. With the Chevy Blazer, you just did it from inside, as I recall. But it's been a while. Well, and but again, back that time, the trucks the trucks were high. They were, and and you didn't have that many driving. I mean, nowadays you've got cute little. I I drive a Toyota Rav Four. I can lock that into four wheel drive. I also know my clearances is the same as my buddy down the street's pickup truck. Yes, ma'am. You know, he's got dually wheels on it in the plow, and, and he can get me out of my driveway. Um, so so that, that's the other big difference. You know, the, the storms were two different types of storms. The snow was just unbelievably heavy. Uh, again, the people forgetting how to drive. And and over the last years, ha- have we started to cry wolf too many times that people disregard the warnings? Uh, that, a lot of 
You know what? That is a very fair criticism because um, I think think we even talked to Andy Parker about that before the blizzard hit. Hey, how do we know this is really going to happen? Because all too often we've been told the storm of the century is coming. We wake up in the morning to green grass. Right. Um, If I, you know, nowadays uh, being a meteorologist, the technology has changed so much that they can see so much more. I got the bad habit. I'm tracking radar. I'm I'm looking at what's coming across. I'm looking at these fronts, and and it was a scary scenario, um, which, which takes me right back to you saying about the information that gets shared. Uh, for a long time, I'd be driving into work. I'd have employees coming in from all directions, north, south. Uh, you know, we've got those snow bands. Lake effect is interesting. You can be sitting in Lancaster and uh, you're getting snowfall that you can't see. And 10 miles north in Clarence, they've got nothing and, and vice versa. Um, no, you, you, you're, I mean, look, you are absolutely correct. Obviously, everything you say, lake effect snow is its own animal. It moves back and forth. It oscillates. Uh, and again, uh, Andy Parker, I don't want to blow too much smoke at Andy, but I mean, he, he basically nailed the storm, and we had plenty of warning. And because of that warning, you know, one of the things I think might have been done, I think they should have actually activated the emergency broadcast system on Thursday night and said, look, guys, this is real. This is the real deal. We're closing the county. We're closing the city. Do not go out on Friday. Uh, they could have requested that we activate the emergency broadcast system. And, and I have to agree. It, it was an emergency situation. Uh, you saw that storm coming across, across Chicago. You know, a whole different scenario out there because they sit, the cold wind came through, but they sit on the west side of Lake Michigan. You know, we we got hit and hit hard. Again, do we cry wolf? Do we not react? Do we think, oh, it's not going to affect me? You know, prayers for everybody that lost somebody. Have to agree with you. We need to know why they were out. What I- were they doing? I think that 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 is I think I think finding out why people went out is absolutely vital. Now we know at least one nurse died in her car. We know why she was out. She was going to work to help people. Um, right. I, I thank you, Michelle. I must uh, break here, uh, folks. I, I might. Um, do this again some more tomorrow. I'm not sure. But here's the deal. Many of you are very concerned about uh, Governor Hochul's war on natural gas. So I actually have a guest coming up who knows things. He sees things. He knows things. He is uh, the minority leader of the New York State Senate. He is Rob Ort. So if you have questions or comments about New York's war on natural gas, Rob Ort is here to answer those for the next hour. So if you want to call in now, you can do so, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort follows the news at 430 on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. So, uh, one of the big topics uh, that we've had over the past uh, month or so has been this uh, war on natural gas, natural gas appliances that is being conducted by uh, Governor Kathy Hochul. And we now know some more specifics of what she wants to do. And your questions, we have uh, State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort with us on WBEN, and I wanted to set aside an hour for you to ask the State Senate Minority Leader about this proposal, what it is, what it isn't, and how to fight it, and everything like that. So consider this your hour, and the phone number is 803-0930-803-0930-STAR-930-and-1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, many of you have had questions that, uh, frankly, I could not answer. And maybe Rob Ort can't answer them either, but at least he can give it a better shot with a better information base. Uh, Senator Ort, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Tom, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know if I can do better than you, but I certainly will attempt to. Well, I certainly hope you can. Otherwise, that doesn't speak well of state government. Um, okay, first of all, let's. you, you had said um, before the budget was introduced that uh, the governor was going to put her proposals in the budget. So now that we have some specificity as to what's in the proposal, what's in the proposal? So her proposal, um, there's a series of dates that I think are the most important thing. Um, you know, we they, it still bans uh, gas appliances, gas furnaces, gas fireplaces, you know, gas, you know, uh, hot water tanks, all that kind of stuff. And it will have the effect of banning stoves, even though she uh, tried to say, you know, you can still have a stove. But the effect of this cumulatively as we go through this, as you'll see, and as your listeners will no doubt see, is that ultimately you won't be able to get it serviced. And you might not even – the gas line, because at some point place, a, a company like Nash, uh, National Fuel, you know, to maintain gas lines costs a lot of money. And if no one's using them because they can't, at some point – they're just going to stop maintaining them, and you know, even though you have a gas stove, you functionally will not be able to, you know, to continue to use it. Uh, appliance stores will stop selling them, so it'll have the cumulative effect of, of banning it. So here's December 31st, 2025. Uh, fossil fuel hookups will be banned uh, for new one-family residential buildings of any height, or multi-family residential buildings of three stories or fewer. That's twenty. That's at the basically the end of 2025. 
December 31st, 2028, for new multifamily residential buildings, more than three stories or new commercial buildings. January 1st, 2030, uh, for existing one-family residential buildings of any height or multifamily buildings of three stories or fewer. And then January 1st, 2035, for existing multifamily residential buildings, more than three stories or commercial buildings. Gas stoves that are installed before the bans take place, they, they'd be allowed to continue to operate them again, but under the new building codes, installation of new gas stoves would be prohibited. So um, uh, gas stoves that are installed before the ban takes place would be allowed, uh, but again, no more installation of new gas stoves uh, uh, after, you know, after these dates. Uh, so really far, starting in 2025 or, or 2026, I guess, January 2026, uh, you're going to really see uh, these bans go into effect, start to go into effect uh, for new construction and for existing homes. Um, and, and then there's a host of other legislation, the All Electric Buildings Act, that has the that if that's passed and if that's signed into law, uh, will force people to electrify their homes, electrify their commercial uh, uh, buildings, uh, their places of employment. So major stuff that we're talking, bad stuff. This is going to increase people's utility rates. It's going to increase the cost to heat your home. It's going to have less reliability. Um, all in the name of of you know fighting climate change. And when you consider that New York State contributes 0.04% of global emissions, you really have to ask yourself, what is this going to do in a global standpoint? What is this really going to do to make the, the earth, the environment better? Um, and I would say the answer is minuscule to, to zero, but I will tell you it will have an absolutely devastating impact economically on average New Yorkers, Western New Yorkers, and businesses and, and, and employers across the state of New York. There are at least a couple of things that I really don't understand about making this proposal. Number one, we just experienced the blizzard of 22, and we actually had mm -hmm. people dying in their own homes because uh, their electricity went down. Why would a governor from Buffalo, New York, even introduce this legislation after such a traumatic event? Isn't that rather a slap in the face to people who died during the blizzard in those circumstances? It's not only a slap in the face. It's it's got to be one of the most reckless policies, uh, whether she's from Western New York or, or not. Quite honestly, because you're the governor, you're the governor of the whole state, right? And at least in, at least in theory. Um, but being that she's from Western New York, it's more insulting or more hard to understand. Um, and and I think the answer, you know, and I I never try to get into the heads of uh, certainly of uh, of uh, my friends on the other side of the aisle uh, because I can't. But I would say. The only thing I can come up with is that politically, um, the the far left, the folks in New York City, her her base as governor, it's not her base that when she was a county clerk, when she was a member of Congress, that was a different base. That was a Western New York base of, of voter, and that's very different from the base of voter down in, in the Bronx, in Manhattan, in Brooklyn, and they have, as you've seen in, in D.C. as well, their religion, if you would, is we have to ban fossil fuel. We have to put gas companies, oil companies, fossil fuel companies out of business. Um, and any Democrat elected official that's not doing that um, is, may not be a Democrat elected official for very long. And so the only thing I can think of is that the governor is, is in some way kowtowing 
to the far left on the environmental uh, specific on the environmental piece because it makes no sense that this we can't reach these goals tom i would argue we can't reach these goals i was just talking to people from national grid these are the folks who would benefit right they would pick up the customers right of, of electrification they are telling me we can't hit these goals the grid is over overburdened today let alone if we add all this new electrification in um and as you pointed out in a storm in a blizzard in a crisis in a state of emergency um when you're you have people losing electricity you would have more people that might have frozen to death more families that might have been put in in a very difficult or harmful situation because now you would have no way to heat your you know heat your your home boil your water and so it is reckless in the name really of, of a political ideology uh, that I don't even know that we can reach these goals on top of that. So, well, and, and the pragmatic part of it, the pragmatic part of it is the people who supply the juice say we won't have enough juice to do it. So I don't know. Right. But, I mean, that's a very compelling argument. Uh, 803-0930-STAR-930-1800-616-WBEN. I want your calls on this. Uh, Craig on a cell phone is first up with State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort talking about the state's war on natural gas. Go ahead. Hey, Tom. Hey, Rob. Um, you were just talking about my question. You know, what is is there any uh, update on what the cost to upgrade the infrastructure so that the electricity would be able to handle it? Is? Uh, that, that's I mean, that's probably not in her budget proposal at this point. Is that? You know, Craig, it is not. And, and actually, we asked this question when I say we, the, the Republican conference, and certainly I have asked this question. Um, and it's a fair question, right? Even if you support this, the question of how much does this cost? How does it get paid for? Who pays for that? Um, you know, how much money has to be invested in the grid to make this work? Um, those are fair questions for the people of New York to ask. I don't care. You could think this is the best proposal in the world. Everybody has, a, 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 when you're spending tax dollars, when you're an elected official, you have an obligation to let people know the price tag. And at no time have we been able to ascertain a cost. We've seen estimates. Um, but have, I've never received a, a number from the governor. And in her budget, there are different pots of money that are thrown around in different areas, but nothing about what this will cost to hit these marks and to make sure we're providing reliable energy uh, to people, both in western New York and across the, uh, across the state. Craig, anything else from you? No, that's it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Rob. You have a nice day. All right. Thank you very much. Um, would the onus of upgrading our electrical grid fall on New York State as a government entity and taxpayers, or would it uh, uh, would it be on NYSEG and National Grid around here uh, to upgrade the system and then pass the uh, cost of the upgrade on to consumers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say, Tom, in some ways, it's, it's the same. If it's the state, the state, of course, is who? It's you and I, right? I mean, at some point... We're going to pay that in our taxes. If it's if it's the utility, they're going to pass it on. It's going to be rate payers. Now, obviously, there's there is a difference. I mean, there's I guess it's spread out over more people or less people. Uh, but the way I see it is, at some point, it's going to fall on on you and I. It's going to be rate payers that ultimately have to pay for this one way or another. If the state comes in with with grants or 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 assistance, I, I suppose maybe that lessens the blow. But ultimately, it's still you and me paying. It's still taxpayers that are paying um, uh, those costs. And so I think either way, we deserve to know what is the cost? What is the cost? How is it paid? Who pays? 
uh, because I think that then New Yorkers, then your listeners can make an actual, you know, decision. Is this a good, is this worth it, or is it not? The cost to electrify your home, as the national grid, is about twenty-five to $50,000 on average per home in New York State. Unbelievable. Uh, State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort, uh, hold on. And if you're on hold, please stay on hold. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Talking about New York's uh, war on natural gas and fossil fuels and this push towards electrification uh, right after a blizzard that uh, killed about 50 people and uh, with a system that simply cannot handle the additional load uh, placed on it by New York State or that's going to be placed on it apparently by New York State. Uh, by your request, talking about the uh, state's war on fossil fuels, including natural gas. State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort is with us. And let's go to Frank in Amherst. Frank, you are on. Hello. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, I understand the comment relative to the, uh, the grid size. My concern would be the number of homes that uh, maybe are built in the 40s, 50s, that don't have the amperage service to accommodate new Dryers, washers, furnaces, and stoves. Who who is who is going to pay for for those lines to be put into those homes? And how long would it take if, for instance, Mrs. Jones happens to have her furnace quit and she needs to have an electric furnace put in, and she doesn't have the power coming into her house from the pole? Is anyone sized? The number of homes that would be affected, uh, Frank. That, that's that's a great question. And uh, Senator Ort, my home was built in 1927. It wasn't ready for 2023. <laughs> I'm I'm certain of that, and I'm certain there's a lot of homes that will that will fall into the, the that category. Uh, and so that's where you get that window, right? The 25 to 50 thousand on average, right? So somebody's going to be higher than average. Someone's going to be in the 60 or 70 thousand. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, how many people have that kind of, of cash? And even if there's credits, even if there's because the governor uh, has, has in her state of the, of the budget, she sort of insinuated there's money set aside that will be for credits um, for people to do this. But those credits are after the fact. Right. you got to spend the money initially. Uh, and, you, and, you, and it's going to take you years, you know, electric uh, efficiency, whatever it was. It'll take you years to see the payoff. I don't know about you, Tom, but I, I know. So I'm, I'm in my 40s. I don't know that. So I'm going to see the benefit if I stay in my house when I'm in my 70s. That no. doesn't really sell me, right? That doesn't really move me. Uh, I don't see the benefit in that situation. Um, but, but to the caller's question, to Frank's question, um, this, this is ultimately going to be on the homeowner, the rate payer. There may be some assistance from the state of New York, um, but ultimately, this is going to fall on the shoulders of people like Frank. Um, and, and you and me, uh, and that's why people are going to ultimately, I think, continue to move out of New York. Well, this is, this is basically putting, this, this is putting the hands in the pockets of everybody in New York state, uh, to the tune of at least 10,000 and maybe 50,000 or more dollars to electrify. And I don't know a lot of people with uh, 50 grand just set aside in some slush fund that they can use to electrify their home. Right. No, they don't. They don't. And, and it's, you know, that's why. It is a war on natural gas, but it really is a war on everyday working New Yorkers who use natural gas to heat their homes, to boil their water, to dry their clothes. Uh, and, and we're, you know, it's, it's people, and let's be honest, it's people 
by and large, from places like Manhattan, uh, from Ithaca, from other parts of the state, telling someone in Orleans County and Western New York and Niagara County and Erie County uh, that you have to do this to save the planet um, and to lower, you know, to, to move the, our, our emissions from 0.04 to 0.03 or 0.02 in some way. Um, and while, meanwhile, China and South America, they're firing up coal-fired plants, and, and they are just, we, we are not moving the needle on this. This is all about attacking places like national fuel and fossil fuels, putting people out of work, by the way. Yep. So people that work in national fuel in Erie County will be out of work, at least in, in western New York. They'll move their operations somewhere else where a state has not declared war on natural gas and not declared war on energy independence and energy diversification, uh, which is what we should be doing instead of putting all our eggs in the electric basket. All right, stand, uh, stand, by, no- stand by. State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort is going to hang out with us for the next half hour. Your questions, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. By the way, you should know that national fuel gas executives refuse to come on my show to defend themselves. Um, it's a huge public relations blunder. And frankly, if somebody was attacking my business, the way New York State is attacking the fossil fuel and gas industry, I would be fighting tooth and nail against this. The silence from national fuel big shots has been absolutely deafening. And frankly, they should be ashamed. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.